Okay, so greetings once again. It's been a while. Uh, usually I like to get in a good uh, mindset as I read my book over again and to uh, explain what it is that I'm reading. Um, it's not so often that I get to do so, and uh, I love to uh, do so. Uh, it's an honor, and, and I thank you and the listeners for listening. And so, uh, in this particular part of the series, um, is exciting because I get to explain a different character. It's just a different part, um, honestly, because uh, she's a part of a different race. And usually, when I do the characters in the book, they're either in the trees, in the forest, in the desert, um, in some ways uh, remote. And this one in particular is underwater, and uh, she starts out there. But it's a cool thing, <coughs> the way that I do it, because uh, she awakens underwater, and, and she starts breathing, but breathes in water. And so instinctively, if you had not read it, you would not have known if she was actively, um, I don't know, um, aware that she had forgotten her memories or not. And so I worded in a very curious fashion, but it's a cool thing too, um, because she's speaking with um, uh, creatures uh, in the ocean, and they respond back, almost if it was like Aquaman or um, Little Mermaid. And like I said in the last one, uh, this was very reminiscent. Uh, When I wrote these pieces, of that tale, but not um, to placate that tale in any way, um, because it, it changes, but one could envision it, and uh, it goes on where um, she's describing these memories, or describing uh, her settings, but then too, um, trying to figure out um, who all these people or beings under the water are, um, and, and the way that these poems are, the, the way that time spans, is very askew. <laughs> One can say, you know, three or four lines can happen, and a lot can happen in those three or four lines. A lot of other different writers don't um, describe it as such because they're describing settings or they're describing emotions or um, it's a sonnet. But for me, uh, these are not so much as poems and no stories. It's kind of something different um, and different from spoken word. And so um, in the span of this time, uh, this particular character goes through the motions of this forgetfulness. Um, and speaking with other creatures in the ocean or this giant, it's not even a scale I don't even think human beings on Earth can really recognize. But... Um, yeah, it's a great interpretation of uh, this character, and I'm really excited to describe her journey uh, because it's so dope, uh, so interesting, and uh, I know you'll enjoy it. So, yeah, uh, this is uh, the next part of the series, part of Gateways. Uh, uh, so I believe it's like Gateways to All Realms, and thank you. The Gateway to All Realms The Murfer looked about herself, how her perception changed with every breath. Two fins, one, her chest, was bare yet adorned with shells, corals, another memory she would have to consider. 
What if she was the only one left? Silly, but there must be an explanation. Some moral aptitude to grade herself upon. Another living Mercury, floating in circles, swirling, thought she did about the celestial she proposed to explore once more. A rumble was heard, shaking the foundation of the sea floor. Curiosity struck her beyond fear. There was a door. Very old creatures aplenty moved about the shadows she cast, for they had made the gateway their home. What a chore, she thought, yet floating around waiting for someone to find her would be nothing but a bore. Now that she thought about it, there was a mysterious ceiling with the symbol of a trident-like shaped lore. Huh! Her jet blue eyes spied the golden rise of the door with a pleasant surprise. A clear orb sat in the middle. As it was, it was seen waiting. Were you expecting me, she quipped? Yes, your highness. Once again, um, this one is kind of uh, an extra added bonus to describe what it is that um, is going on. And what I was saying before is that there was like a time gap, um, you know what I'm saying, between uh, the beginning when she says the Mercury looked about herself, how her, that, how her perception changed with every breath. And then uh, two fins, one, her chest was bare yet adorned with shells, corals. Now, in between two of those, you know, um, there could just very well maybe a spirit of, uh, I don't know, 12 hours, but I call them decacycles, and um, stellar cycles, or even one would consider um, a day, or even a period of hours, um, that's different. And so, um, when that happens, um, it just basically goes into another memory where she just pieces things together. She starts just awakening and floating. And, and when someone awakens in the ocean and starts exploring things naturally, um, I didn't want it to be reminiscent of something um, like a movie or something like this. I wanted it to be um, a journey, if you will. And so that's what happens. And she starts uh, exploring her senses and she sees creatures, but then uh, sees this door becomes alive um, literally the door is alive and um, has others awaiting for her and naturally um, just the progression so I think it's a good uh, description to describe these things and um, it's pretty much the only other time that I reiterate what it is that I was describing um, in such a mysterious fashion and uh, I wrote this in 2016 and um, you'll see as far as the message behind it but it, it inherently um, there's a sense of curiosity at the beginning um, where this story begins and um, you'll see as it, it burgeons out where um, this mermaid uh, or merfruit gets a sense of purpose and um, even without uh, all the things that she once knew, <clears throat> um, the things underwater um, have come to uh, fruition. So it's kind of like, a, I don't want to ruin the surprise, but it's a really, really cool uh, interpretation of uh, what it is that <laughs> I had for um, 
the rest of the story and I continue it into the third and it goes on even beyond that one so thank you guys for listening and I know you enjoy these stories and uh bless you guys so much